Kia koutou, uh, Corin, Dan, aho. Um, welcome everyone to Inside uh, Parliament, Outside Parliament of course, here in the Auckland uh, Newsroom. I'm with Jessica Roden, morning to you, who is our gallery producer at Television New Zealand. That means she works in the press gallery with us. Um, also a former Radio New Zealand producer. That's right, morning report. Um, yes. But exciting time to be in the press gallery for sure at the moment. Very much so. Now, <laughs> we're going to start with the poll, uh, the polls. Um, plural, yeah. because they're a bit confusing at the moment. But well, let's start with our poll. Um, Labour ahead by four points, uh, third week in a row. So, I mean, they've got to be pretty happy with that, don't they? They've got to be pretty happy with that, especially after the News Hub poll, which put um, them 10 points behind National, which mm. I think nobody was expecting either. Um, I guess the first thing we should do is look at exactly what the results were. Um, here's how Corin laid it out last night. Kia ora, this poll of 1,000 eligible voters was taken from Saturday through to last night. Looking at party support, it shows Labour holding its lead over National for a third week in a row, up one point this poll to 44%. National has also made a small gain, up one point to 40%. The big winner though, the Greens, up two points to 7%, so no longer flirting with that dangerous 5% threshold. Not such great news for New Zealand first. It slumped three points this poll to 6%. Top is steady at 2%. The Māori Party, however, has slipped one point to one and ACT is up very slightly to 0.6%. Now, when it comes to seats in a parliament of 120 seats this week, there are some big moves. Labour would have 55 seats and along with the Greens, eight could form a government, passing that magic number of 61. National would have 48, but even with New Zealand first seven and one each from the Māori Party and ACT would fall short. Now when it comes to the preferred Prime Minister stakes, Jacinda Ardern has taken a small knock down one point to 34%. Bill English up one point this week to 32%. Winston Peters steady back at 5%. So. Well, lots to talk about here. Um, let's talk first about, just go through these numbers and, and some of the interesting points. The Greens, yes. seven. With Labour can form a government on this poll result. If this was the poll result on an election night, um, this is a massive landslide really for the left because it's Labour and the Greens. They don't need New Zealand first. They don't need the Maori Party. They don't need anybody. I have to say, I wasn't actually expecting this from the Greens. They haven't, they've really struggled to make headlines, I think, even in the, in the mm. last few weeks. Um, I mean, I guess all the minor parties, National and Labour, have really been so dominant this campaign that um, I think perhaps with the Green vote, their supporters have seen them struggling around that 5% mark, even below the 5% mark. It's this point at the campaign that their supporters, their supporters have said, we've actually really got to get behind them, otherwise there's not going to be a Green yeah. Party. And it's significant too, because if they continue to flirt with that 5% mark, then they run the risk that people start to fear that a vote for the Greens is wasted. I thought James Shaw was interesting yesterday. He, he, he talked about how, so if you look at this, that the Greens have gone up, but so have Labour. So it's not like the Greens have just <coughs> snuck a couple back off mm -hmm. Labour. You know, and got themselves up to seven. They get, so something's going on there that that maybe National um, is losing votes to Labour, and that seems to be that's an interesting trend that I wasn't quite mm. expecting, given what's going on. You know, the other one uh, losing votes, Winston Peters. Yeah. That was the big. That was really big this week. I thought as well. Huge. He was the most changed, three points down from nine to six, and that actually has a massive impact on him and his future. It does, and it has a massive impact on National too. If and, and we should should mention here that the News Hub poll had Winston Peters on six as well. Mm -hmm. Six is no man's land for National when it comes to using New Zealand First as a potential coalition partner. Mm -hmm. 
on these numbers, six, six is no good. It wouldn't. National could not get there with New Zealand first. They need them to either be at eight or nine, mm-hmm. or they're, they're better off being under five and the votes, you know, distributed. And so, you actually yeah. have to remember that this isn't. This is a slide from New Zealand first. So they were up at eleven point. They yeah. were up at eleven points consistently yeah. two months ago. So they slowly have been sliding down. And if they continue at this trajectory, they they are in that no man's land. Yeah, slide. we should mention, um, uh, you know, Guy Nesman from Morning Report, yeah. where you, you would know well. Um, his interview with Winston Peters this week was just extraordinary. It was just, um, you know, Winston Peters was all over the place on the issue of his finances and numbers. He was all over the place, and uh, I've seen a lot of people call it the interview of the election. Mm. Guy, if you're watching, I've got to say I absolutely agree with Mm. that. Um, Just remarkable. And you've got to also think, Morning Report listeners are naturally um, middle to higher class, um, predominantly Pākehā, um, older people. A lot of them are actually New Zealand First voters. So, you know, Winston Peters really was talking to his own in that interview, but it probably wasn't coming across the way he wanted to. No, no, that didn't go how he wanted to. And remember, it didn't go in the minor party um, leaders' debate either, and you've got to wonder if that was a mistake. I mean, he, he took a tactical decision because he didn't want to be seen as on the stage with the other minor parties and that he thought he was bigger than them, but he's now smaller than the Greens, and he just missed out on half, you know, what was uh, nearly a million you know, viewers across the hour or whatever it was um, in terms of viewer numbers. So just the exposure that he missed out on, I think. And the question is now, how can he get his, how can he get his momentum back? He's got eight days, and you've got to remember, in the first three days of this week, 150,000 people already voted. That's 150,000 people that he missed out on kind of making a big impact on in this yep. week. You can't play an election like he played an election, you know, even two, three elections he too ago. Early. He's peaked too early. His yep. problem is that he ran a very good campaign in the regions. Um, he's, you know, he's been pushed up into the north. Um, and he got a lot of momentum in the regions and when Labour was weak it was going well for Mm -hmm. him and now he sort of hasn't got anything to fall back on. But I'll say this about Winston Peters, everyone's always written him, people have written him off for years and he's always come back with something. Who knows, you know, he is a fighter, he is a scrapper, he is a survivor and uh, you, you you just don't write him off. Absolutely. And also, I guess his supporters are um, really loyal when it comes to the polls. They are. They're the ones that turn out. They're the ones that I don't are consistent. Think get, I, think he, I think he'll stay there. I think, yeah. he, I think he will. Um, I think he's got a 6% base of dedicated loyal yeah. supporters. But he'll be disappointed. He could have. He was being talked about as a deputy prime minister. Even, even you know, a bit people were talking mm-hmm. about the idea that he might be prime minister under a sort of some sort of... Sh- Power sharing arrangement with mm-hmm. Labour and the Greens. Those sorts of those, you know, everything's changed since then because they've just into Radun and they're just into Mania. But uh, he'll be very disappointed to be at those numbers, although he doesn't believe them, of course. Yeah, of course not. But um, Winston, although he never calls himself the kingmaker, oh, he absolutely thrives on being the kingmaker. He needs to be in that position. He right. needs to be in that position. He loves it. He um, gets traction from it. He it's almost how he identifies himself to a yep. certain extent, and this has really thrown him off that as yep. well. You're absolutely right. All right. Where are we moving to now? Tax. Tax, it's, it's of course. Oh, I, mean, oh. I don't know how you can forget about tax this week, well, Corin. Because my brain's like a goldfish at the moment. <laughs> but I have scones and I have coffee. Exactly. So and we're on Friday, so <laughs> yeah. and Friday we've, got eight, we've got eight days to go. The big thing this week, obviously, has been tax. It's been dominating the week. Um, really interesting. Both parties putting out campaign ads in regard to tax this week. Let's just have a quick look at both of those. to stop Labor's taxes, Party Vote National. Hello, I'm Michael Cullen. 
Last time Labor was in government under Prime Minister Helen Clark, she and I ran nine surpluses in a row and we got net crown debt down to practically zero. A strong economy is absolutely fundamental when it comes to delivering on our promises. Well, as Finance Minister, I oversaw nine budgets that added up. I know how they work. I read Labor's fiscal plan from front to back, and it does add up. Despite recent political scaremongering, it all adds up, every cent, and it's all available for you to check out on our website. Okay, so the question is whether this massive screeching U-turn, <laughs> and you can still smell the burning rubber and hear the brakes oh, yeah. uh, of Labour to suddenly come out and say they will not you know, implement a capital gains tax in a first term, that nothing will happen until that second term. Is it enough to get these attacks off the headlines? And well, I'll tell you what's interesting, is what I picked up from Labour and what they were really worried about was not so much the capital gains tax, mm -hmm. that's got 58% support in a coal mine Brunton poll, yeah. What they were worried about is that people associated the whole talk about tax from Labour that their income tax was going to go up. Absolutely. And, and I think, not. no, but National did a really good job of muddying the waters. Mm. Um, I don't think I really understood until, uh, being in the political sphere, we understand what Labour's policy is, we can kind of yep. rationalise it, we can say black, we can look at it black and white. When you're in the public, it's actually really confusing. If you've got National saying, oh, but you know, there's seven taxes that Labour are considering. That's, you're thinking, well, that's going to affect me somehow. And I was actually at dinner with my friend last night and she's um, very left-leaning. She really likes Jacinda Ardern. And I said, okay, so you're voting for Labour? And she goes, well, no, I'm just not sure where they, what this tax thing is going on. She didn't understand where Labour yep. stood on tax. And that is absolutely the point. That is absolutely the point. It's, yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right. It's that what Labour realised was they had to make this move, even though it was maybe damaging mm -hmm. for Jacinda Ardern, leadership she made the call originally they needed to get through to people like yeah. your friend and convince them that no they won't do anything um you know into a second term and there'll be no income tax increase now the issue for what national's doing and what they're trying to do is they're saying well we'll give you a we're going to cut your taxes in april yes uh but labor won't so therefore you're missing out on a tax cut so that somehow equates to having income tax well, it's not quite an income tax no, high, no one's going to have higher taxes but you could argue that under national, you would have lower taxes. I know. It's a little bit yeah. of a political whack-a-mole is what I think with <laughs> national at the moment. Yes. They tried with the $11 billion hole to get some traction, to get to you and know bang some. that on the head. Clearly they got some. They clearly got some. But I think this week we've shown that tax is where yeah. Labor has been battling. And national has hammered them on it. And I think they've... They've done well to muddy the waters. They've, you know, if that's no, no, their intention, if that's their intention, they did great. No, we spent three nights this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on the desk with Simon Dallow at six pm, and I was, I was talking about tax. Yeah, I know. So they did keep it there, and you got to wonder. Um, so yeah, Labor had no option but to do this. They yeah. had no option but to do this. You um, got to wonder if this is now going to change the conversation. Is it enough to get people's attention away from tax? Because if, if the people's attention is going to be on tax for the next eight oh, days, they are going to be in trouble. I think, yeah, and that's right. So the challenge for Labour now is, okay, they've made the U-turn, it's how they then build off yeah. that and get the focus onto other things they want to talk about. And that's <coughs> going to be hard, but they've got to try and do it. And that's going to be every day on the campaign, trying to highlight the issues they want and try and win that PR battle, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, National, on the other hand, they're just going to double down on this stuff. They'll keep running those ads, they will keep pushing on things like the regional petrol tax, the yep. water tax. Yes. They will keep going on that and building on that um, sense of injustice that many in the farming mm. community have about a possible water tax. So, mm. you know, this the battle's water, not over. The water tax was very interesting in the ad. You look at it and you go, 
oh, water tax, that's going to make my wine more expensive, you know? Very it gets cunning. to that, um, very cunning, but it also gets to the heart of people, heart of the stuff that people care about just on a day-to-day basis, you know? It gets yep. them in their homes, in their pantries. Oh, I thought it was interesting that Jacinda Ardern raised the issue of her grandfather. Um, yes. uh, and getting, uh, they tried to discharge her 85-year-old grandfather from Waikato Hospital, didn't want to go. He had at 11.30 at, at, at night. At night. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a you know, flash in the pan story, but yep. but I think that's what Labour needs to do is get people to remember why tax, you know, why they might be, you know, um, mm-hmm. spending more money, um, why they feel that because it's this idea that the public services haven't got enough and that National has not funded enough in health and mm. education and that those services are bursting at the seams and people are getting turned away from hospitals and these sorts of ideas. Now, I know that's de- that's a debatable issue, but, you know, it's flu season and those sorts of things. Yeah. But um, that's where Labor's got to make ground. That's where Labor's got to go back. Mm, absolutely. Um, it kind of goes back to when Jacinda first took leadership. She was um, really strong on these ideas, uh, kind of, uh, I know we say she can be a bit wishy-washy with her answers sometimes, but the ideas is what really connected with people to Vision, start with. values, those sorts of things. Exactly, and it got overtaken by tax recently because National finally had found something to get her on, I guess. But she does need to go back to that idea of, I need to help with mental health. That's something a lot of people are getting on board with at the moment. Yep. I need to help with the health sector, I need to help with schools, I need to help the teachers. Yep. Um, really getting to those areas where National has really struggled. Yep, no, yeah. definitely. Very good. Um, Is that us? No. We've got more. There's more to talk about. Who knew? I know. Um, we've actually had uh, Katie Bradford and Andrea Vance. They've been out oh, on course. the campaign. Oh, my God. What a great job they've been doing. They have been doing a wonderful job. It's crazy hours as well. It's so hard on the campaign, having done it. I have done it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just you're traipsing around. You're, you're, you know, you never know quite what your yarn is. You're thinking, how am I going to film a little piece of the camera? So that's the bit, you know, where people would, you, in, you might see their stories and they'll be sort of standing there doing, talking to the camera out in some crazy location. And they've got to think about how they're going to do that before they've even written their story and their next place, next place. And oh, they can't miss this meeting and that meeting. It's difficult. It's difficult. I know. They do such a wonderful job. We got Katie today to, um, she's done quite a few campaigns now, yes. which we've got her to do kind of an analysis on how this campaign, how this campaign trail which um, has been quite extraordinary, has compared to previous ones. So take a look at that. Well, for this week's podcast, I'm coming to you from Dunedin. I've been following Jacinda Ardern all week, and uh, today she's been um, at Otago University meeting students, encouraging people to get out and vote early. Uh, Now, so how is this campaign different from other campaigns? Well, it's been markedly different in many ways. First thing, it's the selfie campaign. Now, in 2011 and 2014, people wanted photos uh, with John Key all the time, everywhere he went, people lining up, huge scrums of people, particularly in shopping malls. I can remember standing in St Luke's Mall and, and John Key not being able to get a foot without, uh, take one step, sorry, without people there um, pushing him, desperate to get a photo with him. What's different is it's now selfies. Uh, I guess uh, you can almost uh, kill two birds with one stone because Jacinda, when she takes photos, she holds out the camera and can get a whole group of people in the background. Uh, but but uh, throughout this week I've noticed that people have been lining up to talk to her, lining up to get the selfies. Uh, and that's, that's sort of, a, I guess, the way technology has evolved and the way uh, society has evolved, that it's become about that. Um, also, uh, just just the way the way Jacinda Ardern, uh, the way people react to her, I find very similar to the way people it was with John Key in 2011. Again, um, people wanting photos and so forth. 
as we were just walking here to this cafe where, where Jacinda and her team are getting some lunch, uh, there were some students talking and uh, they were like, wow, where's she going? Is she going to get a burger? What's she doing? Is she going to get a bacon butty? Oh my God, if she eats a bacon butty, she's just like us. And the, the young people seem to like that idea of her being uh, a bit like them, um, that they can relate to her, they can see themselves in her. Uh, but then in terms of policy, I think this election campaign, we've actually talked a lot more about policies than we have, uh, particularly in the last election, which was dogged by all those allegations of dirty politics. And I think that really turned people off. It turned voters off. They weren't hearing anything uh, but, but nastiness, really. Whereas this campaign, I feel like we've talked a lot more about what each party has to offer, um, about the difference in style and leadership and what Jacinda Ardern has to offer versus what Bill English has to offer. Uh, and I think that uh, it's given people a clear choice of what they can see and what they want in, um, in their leaders and in their political parties. Um, while there has been that Jacinda effect, uh, I think Bill English is, is just as popular. He is popular when he's out on the street and in malls. People are lining up to talk to him. He can't walk very far without people wanting uh, to take photos with him as well and reacting to him, wanting to talk about issues. One of the things we do as, as political journalists when we're on the campaign trail and following them around every day is you try and listen to what people are talking to the leaders about. I want to know what people are asking questions about, what they're interested in hearing from their leaders. Are they asking about mental health? Are they asking about tax? Are they asking about housing? Uh, and each leader has the key issues they want to address with people. Um, you hear a lot from Jacinda Ardern about a fear of society, about mental health being the issue. She just said today that tenfold people have talked to her about mental health than any other issue including tax on this campaign. Uh, Bill English talks a lot more to people about tax cuts, about giving them more money in their pocket, about offering the same stable government when he's out, uh, when he's out talking to people. Um, he's been asking, in the past week or so I've noticed that he's been asking people to vote for him, like deliberately saying come on vote to National, come and vote for me. Uh, Labour talk, both leaders actually talk a lot about how it's going to be a tight race. Um, and I think as I said last week, I think it's interesting that people actually want photos more than talking about issues. Uh, this seems to me, if you're going to come up to a political leader about potentially the next Prime Minister or the current Prime Minister, don't you want to give, that's your one chance to ask them to talk to them about the issue that matters to you. Uh, and some people do, someone stopped uh, Jacinda Ardern just a while ago to talk to her about how, how uh, teachers, uh, lecturers are being treated at university, wanting to ask her about that. But it's such a short amount of time and there's so many people wanting to talk to them that it makes it very difficult. Uh, I think the other difference is the location that the leaders go to, um, the venues they choose to stop and, uh, and meet people on the campaign. Bill English has gone to a lot of cafes, I've noticed, uh, going in there for half an hour at a time, grabbing a coffee, talking to people over a coffee. It's a good way, I guess, of getting a static audience. Uh, he also goes to malls a lot, whereas Jacinda Ardern has focused a lot on, on schools and universities and techs throughout the country and both leaders really seem to be sticking to safe ground. Yesterday for instance Labour were on the west coast which is a Labour seat, uh, National were in Gisborne which is a, a safe national seat and they, uh, Jacinda Ardern spending a lot of time in Auckland, Bill English spending a lot of time in Wellington and Christchurch, um, really sticking to what they know and where they know they'll be popular. But now with one week to go I think it'll be revving up a lot, they've really got the downhill stretch now, one last week to go out and get those votes. Okay well that's us. Uh, 
uh, for this week inside Parliament. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find us in all the sort of places you find us. Where's that? Like, uh, uh, you're listening, so you already know you've found yeah, us. Yeah, you've already found us. Yep. Um, maybe Facebook. Yes. Um, we'll iTunes. have more. We'll have more next week, though. And next week, of course, we will be um, on the eve of this extraordinary election. So I guess the um, tension and the pressure is just going to keep ramping on up. Exciting times. We will talk we to you We say next reluctantly. Week. Yes. Cheers. Thanks, guys.